This podcast is brought to you by Fandango. Fandango offers movie tickets and gift cards to over 45,000 different screens across the United States and reaches into nearly 80% of the nation's total theaters. By partnering with virtually every leading film exhibitor like Regal, Cinemark, AMC, and more. So to pick up some movie tickets or a gift card for the movie fan in your life, head on over to cityweekly.com slash Fandango or click the support us link in the show notes for this episode. This is Sylvester McCoy. Uh, you're listening to Who Made Who, and uh, Me Made Me. And uh, my mother and father did the same. You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. Brand new episode of Who Made Who, Cinema Geekly's Doctor Who podcast. It is Anthony Lewis and Ben Knight, and uh, we're back to talk the penultimate episode of Doctor Who series 12. That's episode 9, Ascension of the Cybermen, whom I feel like we've seen ascend before. They are forever ascending, aren't they? They ascended in uh, Peter Capaldi's finale as well. We saw the or the beginning of the Cybermen. Uh, mm-hmm. Essentially, in, in that episode. rise of the Cybermen, rise of the Cybermen, ascension of the Cybermen, the coming of the Cybermen. Yes, are the Cybermen here yet? Awakening of the Cybermen. What side of the door is it? A Cyberman. I mean, they've all we've done it all. Cyberman, the rebirth. What happens when a show goes on for this long? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so here's what happened uh, in the first part of this uh, two-parter. Uh, The Doctor and companions arrive at the last outpost of humanity in the far future. They do this in time to protect them from an attacking wave of Cybermen drones, though some humans are killed. (laughs) I like how they just toss that in there. They protect them, though some die. Uh, The Doctor has Graham and Yasmin take the others to their rickety ship to travel to safety, while she, uh, Ryan, and Ethan, one of the survivors travel to Ko Sharmis, known as humanity's last hope. They discover Ko Sharmis is, in fact, a person, acting as a ferryman for the other humans to escape through a portal to the other side of the universe for safety. Aboard- uh, two, please. Sounds <laughs> an idea is a reference. My apologies. Yes. Two, <laughs> two for the... Oh, God, what were they calling it? The barrier? Two for the barrier, please. Yeah. Uh, aboard the human ship, they pass through a battlefield littered with the debris of dead Cybermen, and they board a seemingly abandoned cyber carrier. However, too late, they discover that Ashad and a group of cyber warriors have found them and arrived, and oh, also the cyber carrier full of Cybermen that are just not Imagine activated. That. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just deactivated, and uh, they've seized the control deck and directed the ship towards the Doctor 
and are waking the other Cybermen in stasis. Yaz contacts the Doctor about their impending arrival, just as Ko Sharmas opens the portal. The portal is revealed to be the new location of the ruins of Gallifrey, much to the Doctor's surprise. And before anything else can happen, the Master leaps through and tells the Doctor that she should be afraid because everything is about to change forever. Or at least until a new showrunner comes along. Ben, uh, <laughs> what did you think of episode nine? Uh, I quite like the master's appearance there, actually. because Me too. He's now spent the entire of the season going, be afraid, be afraid. Yes, that's his whole thing. It's like, it's like the, the, the walls in that scene in Labyrinth, isn't it? <laughs> Turn back before it's too late. Turn back. Um, this is a it. warning. <laughs> Do you have to say that? Oh, go on. We've been saying it. No, we're not going to do the whole scene. <laughs> anyway, um, I had people from Yorkshire in that as well. Anyway, so this episode. Um, uh, oh, gosh, I quite enjoyed this. Mm -hmm. uh, it is, of course, um, being battered by people online saying, it's not Doctor Who. Um, Wait, it's not? It's not. No, imagine that despite all of the evidence to the contrary. Holy shit. Um, hold on. Hold on. Let, me, let me count some things that happened in here. Yeah. We yeah. got some time traveling to the distant future. There was a TARDIS. Mm -hmm. There were Cybermen. There was, there was a, a quarry. A quarry, yes. It would not be a Doctor Who without a pit of rocks. Uh, right. There was a, a giant uh, a giant Cyberman ship full of more Cybermen. There was Russell T. Davis's iteration of the Cybermen as well. Yes, there was a magical portal that went mm -hmm. to Gallifrey, where the Doctor is from, and then also the Master, and then there was also this thing hinting at some sort of big, giant, surprise mystery thing. Isn't yes, but all of that Doctor yes. Who? No, there are brown people, and the Doctor's got ovaries. You must hate the uh, show. Oh, hold on, hold uh, on. Now that I've reevaluated those things, yeah, I forgot exactly. to take those into account. Uh, I was kind of watching the episode, but with my eyes closed, uh, <laughs> one, one geeky glasses. And that's why you prefer the audiobooks. Um, <laughs> so uh, I, I really love this episode. Again, Me too. I, I so worried. I think I said last week that I wasn't going to get too excited about um, uh, the groundwork that had been done because mm -hmm. we have learned that Chivnall has a habit of dashing that away from us yeah. when it comes to the payoff. And we are not yet at the, the payoff. So I'm still a little bit cautious. But this is a, a, a show... This is an episode, rather, that has two parts, uh, or two halves. We have the yes. A-plot, um, which I suppose one would say is the the, the Doctor's side of this plot. Um, that's all fun. A couple of bits seemed odd to me. I didn't really understand, other than just to make them scary, why um, Ashad starts to electrocute... Um, the sleeping Cyberman. He seems <laughs> to be torturing weird. them for some reason. Yeah, but just for a bit of a giggle. Which I mean, fair enough. If that's what they, if that's literally what they're after. I mean, they yeah. pulled that off. It's an uncomfortable scene to watch. Mm -hmm. um, it, I didn't like the dialogue around it. The the you know we're carrying the Cyberman who makes other Cybermen scream. Um, yes, that's a strapline for like a Cyberman pop band. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but the I mean Ashad cont continues to be frankly the first iteration of the cybermen that i found genuinely quite horrifying mm -hmm. um, it i i'm loving what chibnall's done with the cybermen here yep. um i think the direction is 
is beautiful. I think the CG budget for um, this season of Who, which has been a fairly big increase, I've been wondering where it was going to appear. And we've seen a few quite pretty shots, but actually it wasn't until this episode, um, putting aside the Cybermen drones for a minute, which were a bit daft, um, the the rest of it, the ships and everything else, was quite near on yeah, it's near on movie quality, and you know that's impressive. Uh, we've come a long way since you know upturned bins with the indicator lights from Austin Minis, haven't we? <laughs> yes. um, so, and if you don't believe, if you're a fan of Who only since the reboot, go back and check out Daleks back in the day. Oh man, the classic um, Daleks, the classic Cybermen as well. Just the nice thing about those bad guys back in the day was you could make them at home. <laughs> Yes, um, you could, and they would look just as good. Yes. Uh, they made them on Blue Peter. No, so there's all of that, and 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 the A plot, you know, does what it does, and we're obviously, you know, we're building up shortly. I think to Jack appearing, yep, and all sorts of other things. The big question is, what is the big mystery that we um, don't yet know? Yes, it's what is ob- the lie? Do well, it's obviously to do with the connection between um, humans and Gallifreyans. Yes. Um, and you know that they couldn't foreshadow that more heavily than they have. Mm-hmm. Now the question is, does the B plot then help us? We hear the monologue at the start that um, everything that uh, dies can live again yes. uh, in the hands of the uh, of the believer. Well, that may be possibly uh, a bit of foreshadowing as well as to that payoff. Mm-hmm. But the thing that's causing the big mystery is poor old uh, baby Brendan. Now. We were in Ireland because, and not in Gallifrey, and not in um, the Matrix, and not anywhere else. Yeah. Uh, we know we were in Ireland because uh, the BBC, whenever anything's in Ireland, um, plays uh, fiddle and pipe music continuously from the start <laughs> to the end of every single scene. Every person in the scene has ginger hair, um, and, uh, and is it just every... a, is it just that they can't help? Is it does do they just is it contractually obligated or? Yeah. Okay. You'll be wanting you'll be wanting some Irish music. Say so well for yourself. Yes. Where's your accent from? Uh, the BBC props department. Um, <laughs> it's a bit ropey. Yes, a lot of things in the BBC props department are a bit ropey. Yeah. Yes. Should we move on? Let's. Um, so uh, the big question about him. Oh no, he's gone off a cliff um, because of that handy plot device of the uh, the robber or whatever he was. Yes. Um, oh look, he survived. Oh, that's fine. Now. He gets bundled into the back of a van and tied to a chair mm-hmm. and then um, a certain arch attached to his head, for that is undoubtedly what that device is, yep. uh, and the carriage clock is put on the table, the carriage clock where they keep the persona of the Time Lord uh, when he's being hidden. Yes. Um, so, and then we are introduced, I think, very clumsily to season 6B, uh, as we predicted in, I think, episode one of this podcast, mm. because, or maybe whenever it was an episode, what was episode three or something. Yeah. Um, because very clearly, um, unless this is the biggest bum steer, unless we are being quadruple muffatted by Jibnall, yeah. um, we know, and if you don't know about 6B, short version, the regeneration gap that, that exists between number two, Patrick Troughton, and number three, John Pertwee, never explicitly shown on television. And we know as well that um, by the time we meet three, uh, he's been exiled on Earth um, by yes. the Time Lords, effectively, uh, as far as we know then, for disobeying them during the Time Wars. We later, I think, have come to learn effectively through various different means that in actual fact, it's quite likely that the Doctor was working, well, we know at least for some of it, he was working for the Gallifreyan um, 
Secret Service. Effectively, mm. he was he was a um, a, a spy, a um, an agent of great destruction, um, and he had to have that wiped out of his mind. Mm-hmm. So he went into hiding, didn't he, boys and girls? He went into hiding in Ireland in whatever year we were supposed to be in. Yeah. Um, and when he went into hiding, uh, he was managing to do that and managed to lie low until such time as the miracle story appeared in the newspaper about the man who didn't die when he um, was blown off the top of a cliff. Yes. And so they uh, hooked him up to release and then um, steal from him uh, his identity so he'd originally been hidden, couldn't be detected. They they found him. They wanted to nick it. That's what the carriage clock's there for. Mm-hmm. So they, by the way, spoilers. Um, and so we're now about to discover that the Doctor, who we met um, earlier on in this season, the other Doctor, um, is one and the same. The only possible escape vector out of the inevitable storyline that that is, I suppose, is if... Um, all correct that it is somebody who's hiding as a result of being on the run from Gallifrey and um, military command, yep. um, but it just isn't our doctor. Mm-hmm. But then that would make the dialogue between 13 and X yes. um, very curious. So yes. I think that's where we are. Um, a lot so then, of loops to tie up. Lots of loops to tie up and um, I think a feature-length episode or near enough time to do it. I seem to remember reading somewhere it had an extended runtime, but I will check in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, the only real question, I suppose, then is how does this tie into um, the master? Now, the master has got a big old secret to tell, and I just wonder if because all this idea that it's something to do with Earth and you know Gallifreyans are Earth people, that's nah, that's not happening. Yeah. Um, I can't quite figure out what the lie is if my theory about the Doctor's storyline is right, mm-hmm. save if there is a closer connection between um, Doctor and Master. Um, the symbol of Rasslon is is heavily featured in the trailer for the finale. Mm-hmm. Uh, that could just be because they're on Gallifrey and that symbol is everywhere, but it yes. seems to be a bit more ubiquitous than I remember seeing it in other episodes where we've been on Gallifrey. I don't know whether that's, you know, whether we're jumping back to origin stories of the whole of Gallifrey. I suspect we are. And I suspect what we're about to see is um, the foreshadowed um, rebirth of things that have died. Mm -hmm. The question is, who's the believer? How are they going to do it? Why is the master and um, uh, the lone Cyberman working together as they clearly appear to be doing? Uh, If you see the, uh, the the trailer. What's all that about? Mm-hmm. Don't know. But I've given you one spoiler for the finale. Yes. Figure out the rest of them yourself. <laughs> uh, I would just like to say, based off of last week, that my uh, Chibnall Trust Index score was, I think, mm. justified. Uh, I believe I went. What did I say? Was it a uh, like a six oh, or five and a half? Yeah, five and a half. I think. And I'm. I have to say, I think you were right. I was I was a little I was a little more I was cautiously optimistic where Ben was what would be the right word cautiously pessimistic <laughs> is, yeah. is is that a thing can you be cautiously pessimistic yeah, uh, I think so you're like just to be on the safe side I don't think this is gonna go well <laughs> uh, I think it yeah I think it bore out it, right for me uh, on the on the Chibnall Trust Index I think it boosted it a little bit I think I'm feeling mm. like a six or a seven right now. Like I'm feeling pretty good. Like 
they've managed to do this for like this is now three weeks where I, I'm feeling I, I, pretty good. I just realized I could absolutely cheat with my predictions under the fact that I was just checked the episode runtime, which is an hour and ten minutes. Uh, and yeah. I've just realized from looking at the live listings on Radio Times that we are currently, as we record the show, we're 21 minutes into this episode being um, broadcast live on BBC One. Oh, so you like, can just like head on over to Twitter right now and just find all the things that everybody's writing about this? or Yeah, and I can just say, hey, you know what? I predict this. I'm not going <laughs> You're to. You're like a Chibnall yeah. Trust Index of one. No spoilers. <laughs> uh, he doesn't solve anything. I and... Uh, Danny Pink turns out to be the missing doctor. Uh, the doctor is absent for the entire episode, appears at the end and goes, oh yeah, I fixed everything. Anyway, uh, should I get you back home to Sheffield? That'd be lovely, won't it? Anybody want some fish fingers and custard? I like those. And that anybody, with that. anybody wants some bread cake? That's my new favorite thing, is bread yeah. cake. So that, bread that would be what you say. Bread cake. Yeah. Anybody wants some bread cake? Season uh, and bread cake. <laughs> that's the, for me, that's this doctor's dessert of like their snack of no, bread cake a bread cake's just a roll right here in america yeah just like a, yeah. a bread roll uh yeah so a cheese and ham bread cake would be um anything from like a sort of spherical bread roll through to like a mini baguette type bread roll yeah honestly i find the term bread cake to be adorable so it is especially when you remember that it's not bread cake it's bread cake <laughs> yes it's yeah. <laughs> look it's because I'm I'm just thinking about what they are in America, and I don't. When I think of cake, I don't think of something that small. So it's kind of cute. It's like a cupcake. Mm. It's like a cupcake with but with bread. Uh, anyway, uh, my thoughts on this episode, <laughs> un, entirely unrelated to this food discussion. Yeah. Uh, I really liked it too. Uh, I really. So <laughs> first thing that this really shouldn't be the first thing that sticks out in my mind when thinking about uh, things in an episode, but the rickety ship. Uh, that everybody had to board. Uh, was it me or was it just one of those old carnival rides where you like, it just spins yeah. around in a circle and you're just experiencing G-Force? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I think that's really, all the... I wouldn't be at all surprised if that's actually what that set was built on. It, it's gotta be. Like, I think that's where they like sat too and like just they spun around and this thing went up into the air and I'm like, holy cow. I think that's one yeah. of those old carnival rides. Uh-huh. So that's yeah. that's the first thing that really stuck out to me in this episode. Uh, I really enjoyed this kind of felt. I I mean, again, I don't know why people are saying this doesn't feel like who to me, um, unless it's of course for the idiotic reasons you propose that mm-hmm. it's because of you know who's playing the roles and whatnot. But this just, if anything, this felt kind of like a you know what you're used to with Doctor Who. Uh, you know, bouncing around the galaxy through time and space, adventures and mystery and tension and bad guys. And there was everything. And it was done in a good way. Like, now, obviously, there's you, you can't. I always find it hard to judge a two-parter based off of just the first part alone. It's much easier to look at them when they're together. Uh, it was a problem we had during, I think it was Capaldi's last season, where, like, everything was a two-parter. Uh, so it's like, well, we'll see how this ends before we have a good idea about how everything came together. And sometimes it worked and sometimes it, it didn't work. Uh, so it's a little hard for me to be like, oh, here's what I loved because I got to see how it all pays off. But I think you're right. Like the, the, the fellow they introduced the, uh, the abandoned baby on the, the side of the road, uh, you know, that sort of thing who grew up to be the little kid who grew up to be the police officer who fell off a cliff. Mm. It was just like, I'm good. Uh, 
Yeah. Uh, no, and everyone was just like, oh, well. It's just a flesh wound. Ah, well, you know, what a miracle. Uh, it's like he didn't even get a nick on him. Like, nothing. He's all right. Mm. And also, he was shot. If I'm Broadchurch would have been very different if that's how that started. If that's how, yes. Um, mm. I really like that first season of Broadchurch. Anyway, uh, <laughs> just random thoughts coming out of my head here. Uh, at least that one's like tangentially tied to Doctor Who because Jodie Whittaker and uh, David Tennant <laughs> were in that show. Uh, and, and I would pay to see Pauline Quirk in um, <laughs> Doctor Who. Um, so, yeah, I, I it's, it's weird because this was, I liked it, but there's a lot of this was just set up. Um, a lot of this was just, uh, getting people to the places they needed to be for the next episode, uh, and then doing a big surprise at the end. Um, so the group is split up and they're kind of doing their own separate adventures, but now they're very clearly coming to collide with one another. And then we find out the portal is to Gallifrey and then the master shows up and he's like, Hey, remember that thing I said way back at the beginning of the season, I'm back to remind you of that thing. And uh, everyone who's watching on television will find out what it all means next week. Uh, while the he, I mean, he said it a little less long-windedly than that, but uh, <laughs> you've got the rest of the we've got the rest of the crew coming with the Cybermen as well. I agree with you about uh, the direction they've kind of taken the Cybermen in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, his like Cybermen minions are kind of your basic Cybermen still for the most part. Uh, but, but he has chosen to to take um, yes. the 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 rebooted ones. He's gone yes, for a specific version. Yeah, and but he Ashad that that character carries a specific weight to it, and just makes it feel more dangerous and sinister. And probably because he's not all the way a Cyberman, mm. uh, he's mostly Cyberman, but there's still a lot of whatever he used to be in it. Um, yeah. Now, for the longest time in this episode, actually, I thought for some reason that the abandoned baby we were seeing, like, that's the Cyberman. Mm. Uh, oh, they deliberately, some of the cuts were deliberately yes. face face cut to face cut to make you think that. Yes, and I thought they looked kind of similar as well, a little bit, but, you know, it's mm. easy to look kind of similar when most of your face is obstructed by a giant metal mask, so... Uh, you know what the clue was, don't you? Is that when we were seeing Ashad the Cyberman, they weren't playing pipe and fiddle music? <laughs> no, so that's how you know. Not yeah, Irish. Not be him. Yeah, not Irish. Because it's gotta be it's in the claws imagine yeah. if imagine if they cast an irish doctor that's all we'd hear every episode but lot, lot, lots of planets have an island no, that, we'd that fi- yes we'd finally get a ginger as well so you know there's, yeah. a, lot of, there's a lot of trade-offs but you know there's some pluses in there as well uh <laughs> but yeah i i like the episode but i don't really have a ton to uh i don't really have a ton to add because this is my problem with two-parters. Like, I, I gotta wait to see how it all comes together, especially since a lot of this was just putting our, our pieces into the into the proper place. But I continue to find uh, the performances all to be very good for the most part. I mean, uh, you know, it's mostly Yaz and Graham are getting the, the most to do. Like, Ryan has very oh, Ryan. frequently disappeared into the background of many episodes uh, yeah. this particular series of the show but 
uh, yeah, for his part, he's fine, but uh, Yasmin and Graham have especially been able to stand out this season. And yeah, I mean, look, you were talking about it before at the beginning when they announced the casting uh, for Graham, and you're just like, there's no way. Like, this isn't going to be good. But he's yeah. been really good in this show. Yeah, I couldn't be any more wrong. I mean, this week, his um, dialogue with Ravio, uh, I thought was endearing. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was managing to sell lines that uh, really were not Probably. very good when you look at them in isolation. I, I was going to say, yeah, like, he carried them. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm happy to be wrong. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so do you have any final thoughts on uh, on this week's episode, and what would you give it? Um, it has improved my Chibnall Trust Index. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, uh, it, it it's a bold, bold start. I'm, the reticence you're hearing in my voice is just born of the fact that I don't trust him. Ben is scrolling um, through Twitter as we speak. <laughs> I'm not. I've, I refuse to to do it to myself. Um, Okay, I I'm gonna say this is it was it was good enough on its own. I'm gonna say this was a four and a half episode. I think it was Ooh, okay. Um, and that is because it's a whole package in terms of the way it's executed, as well as mm-hmm. uh, as well as you know everything behind it. Um, I reserve the right to you know take that back later. Absolutely. Um, so I think in the past on this podcast we've done. A sort of combined score for two part finales from my dim and distant recollection. Kind of div- add them um, and divide them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that may be the situation here. But fair we are. Uh, there we are. In terms of Chibnall Index, I think I'm still, I've, I think I've now found my way up to a five and a half because okay. I think I was, that, that's a quite a big jump. Yes. So it is. I think you're like at a, that. I think you're at a three last week. So yeah. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm I'm getting there. Two and a half. Uh, and up. and again, I, I would just also like to tell you know the people who are still wittering on about uh, about their little gripes about this season of Doctor Who, mm. or rather this Doctor and the various issues and companion. Mm. Just grow up, honestly. If 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 you're willing to be an adult, a grown ass, and let's be honest, man, usually yes. watching a children's TV show in origin which you know has fine it's adapted and it's become more than that but at, at its core that's what the show was mm-hmm. if you're prepared to do that then just accept you can be as nerdy as you want about it just don't be a childish dick about it yeah don't be a dick is pretty good advice mm-hmm. solid advice uh yeah i really like the episode i went four and a half as well uh a really strong like last quarter here i think of the the series like they've really managed to step things up more good episodes than than bad for sure and i i think i can officially place my cti score at like a six and a half i'm Mm. i'm going in between i'm not quite ready to say seven Mm -hmm. but i mean i'm i'm ready to also eat crow if this if this last uh episode here turns out to be uh as good or better than this previous one. I, I've really enjoyed the, especially the last couple of weeks, but for the most part, I've enjoyed the show quite a bit since the, the Jack Harkness return. I think they've really kind of found a groove minus that one episode that just had nothing to do with nothing felt completely out of place. But 
other than that, I mean, if they had skipped that episode entirely, I, I would be, I think the, the CTI would be a little bit higher for me, yeah. but I've, uh, I've been very happy so far. Uh, and yeah, I just, I can't wrap my head around. I mean, I know there's some people that are still saying that the writing is bad, but I just haven't really found that to be the case for the most part. Uh, maybe but, they just well, find. Then, uh, so, well, on that subject, so I'm not scrolling through Twitter, but on my Facebook feed just now, a post from, um, Brandon McCaffrey, the actor who I was talking about the other week, who uh, is a massive Hoovian, yes. um, says, I'm uh, just broadcast, it was set to public, so I'm not breaking any confidences, says, um, uh, Brandon is watching Doctor Who. Terrified isn't even the word for how I feel about this tonight. If they break continuity completely, I'll stop watching. Which I think you kind of think, mm, okay. And then the first question afterwards from somebody called Ian is by continuity, what do you mean? And that's a really good question for Doctor Who because Doctor Who's continuity is insane. It's completely insane. Yeah. Um, I think the objection he's raising in particular is he says this rumor of a possible 13 Doctors before Hartnell mostly. Um, mm, I don't think that would be the obvious thing to do for a start. No. Um, I think the 6B theory is far more likely. But also, yeah, as, if it's done well, I might swallow it. Yeah. Maybe there was a doctor, bef- maybe not a 13 before him, but maybe one mm. before. It's hard to say for sure exactly, but, yeah, you know, like, uh, people got mad with Matt Smith when they're like, that's the end of the line, he can't have any more. And then they're like, no, nah, here's Matt. He's a, he's he's a-, a low-rent David Tennant. <laughs> and, you know, at the end of his run, when they're like, oh, you can't regenerate again, you only get so many regenerations. They said that and can't, you know, they just wrote it into the script, like, we're, we are Gallifreyans. Here are more regenerations. Have fun. Yeah. Like, that was it. Uh, Don't forget to leave us a review on TripAdvisor. You yeah. can't get mad about a show or one of the most popular episodes <laughs> of the show. The main character just describes everything as wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey. That's Which a phrase everybody so... loves to use as yeah. well. And it's like, well, that's Doctor Who. It's like, sometimes... You just gotta, like, I've forgotten how many times they've gone to Humanity's Future, and Humanity's Future is, like, different every time they go to the future of humanity. Like, sometimes mm-hmm. there's no humans left. Sometimes the humans are wiped out or on the verge of being wiped out by the Cybermen, and that was never mentioned in any other time. Like, there are nope. so many different uh, iterations of what's happened or what will happen and what's you just been can't changed. Get yes. Precious over who, in, yeah. and, and it's perhaps unique inside that way i think because um you know people talk about the physics of star trek or the the sort of history of i think the quite dull history of the star wars universe Mm -hmm. um and all of these things and uh, yeah that you know there are other sci-fi universes where it's perhaps arguably really very important that their timeline um operates the way it does or their science does yeah but who doesn't need that the idea of fixed points in time is the thing that keeps it anchored it's the thing that stops complete full-on cray-cray yeah um because you know in the same way that you've got to draw the line at the sonic screwdriver being a magic wand and all these things um it's why you've got to in star trek you've got to introduce the borg because you need something more sorry uh, uh, sorry the um uh undine because you've got to have something the borg the borg are scared of um you know that's how that's how these shows work so the idea that it'll break Doctor Who to do and then insert whatever, you know, yeah, 
fairly imaginable thing. Um, I would go as far as to suggest that if you think that's the case, you possibly don't get it. Yeah, it's a, I feel like it's a pretty unbreakable show from a continuity standpoint because mm. the continuity is incredibly loose. Like, they're, to the point the where there almost is none. Yes. But you know? I, I would say the continuity is incredibly loose on this show to the point where there almost isn't one. Uh, mm. There is one, barely, by a thread, but there's not much of one. And I, I don't think, I mean, I, my, I have that kind of brain that sort of craves that sort of thing. Mm. Um, but I've, I've had to train, like, I'm one of those people who would rather believe that somehow all of the James Bond movies are, uh, like, like it's not one person, but it's a title that gets passed down over time to make it all fit within like my brain continuity where in yeah. reality, it's like, they're all supposed to be the same person or Daniel Craig's bonds all took place before the Sean Connery ones or something <laughs> or whatever. And I'm like, no, 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 none of that makes any sense. So in my mind, 007 is a title that is passed down as is James Bond, which is a code name. And they just so happened to find a James Bond whose real name was James Bond and Daniel Craig. Cause they're like, his birth certificate says James Bond. And I'm like, well, maybe that's his real name. I'm sure it's a common enough name. Like I, I have one of those brains where I need to make it make sense. And maybe that was, maybe that's why it was a little tough for me to get into doctor who at first, because the continuity is so loose. And yeah. I wouldn't like, I'm like, I can't wait to attach myself to all the lore, but the lore shifts an awful lot. Well, that's because the, it was that it was a, a kids TV show. Yeah. It then grew into something more than that. It yes. then it changed a so lot. Many, yeah, it's had so many different influences over the years. It's mm -hmm. it's because it's been a it's, um, lowercase political uh, sort of directions and things yeah. as well. And ultimately, it's made by people who have and for people who have that sort of sci-fi inquiring mind, mm -hmm. which is why they'll always. It's going to have to expect that in a show that you you only have X number of fixed points, even the premise isn't necessarily a fixed point, yeah. um, that you're going to see people pull it in different directions. And I, I entirely accept those directions. Yeah. But to say that that in some way you know, would break the show or whatever else, I, as I say, I, I would go as far as to say, yeah. I think it just means you don't get how this show works. Yeah, I, I eventually was able to uh, train my brain to like accept that this is the world that it's in. Once I did that, I really enjoyed the show. Mm -hmm. uh, it's one of the the few shows in which I could do this for. Uh, most shows I really create, like Star Trek to this day, I still try to like like headcanon a lot of stuff to like make yeah. it fit, like how the Klingons look in Discovery and uh, things like that. I'm still working on headcanon fixes for those things until eventually one day they yeah. decide to, to do them themselves. But... Uh, stuff stuff along those lines like it's just a thing i love that sort of interconnectivity uh and things making sense but in doctor who it just really doesn't and if you can get past that though and just accept it that the continuity is very loose and the canon is very loose or whatever uh i think you'll enjoy it a, a lot more it's that's a tough show to get wrapped up in with canon because i bet if you get like 10 whovians together you're going to get 10 different ideas of like what's canon, what's not, what counts, what doesn't, uh, you know, 
did this break it? Did this not break it? Like, and I'm sure you'll get varying opinions because it's just so varied. Because uh, the show is so crazy with its own timelines and things like that. So, uh, but to me, that's part of the charm of the show. I think so. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. We gave our opinions. We gave the score. I think that's a wrap for the show for this week. I'm just a nod, which I do occasionally to other media for who this yes. time. Um, this is for Doctor Who at childhood's end. If you are a classic uh, Who fan, you will remember Sophie Aldred um, playing uh, Ace uh, in the McCoy um, era. Mm-hmm. Well, um, she wrote a, a novel, uh, which is this one, and uh, she reads this novel as well. And this novel is about what happened after um well, after her doctor uh, disappeared and went off and got shot. Um, spoilers, <laughs> if you didn't know that. Uh, I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't know that by now, um, because it was sort of into the Who Dark Ages. Yeah, shot by a years. shot by a gang. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So she now goes by the name Dorothy and is a millionaire philanthropist. Uh, so it's time. Um, thinks number thirteen mm-hmm. to take Graham and Yaz to go and have a little chat. So, uh, cool. yeah, so BBC Audio uh, at Childhood's End, uh, Sophie Aldred's uh, book is available now. Awesome. That's a good plug, Ben. We should be mm. getting some residuals from this or something. But yeah, you can go and get that at Audible if you follow the link from Cinema Geekly. Uh, we, we, don't, do that? we don't have Audible, unfortunately, oh. now. Uh, I, mm. I don't remember if this particular podcast is. I think this podcast is Fandango. I listen to the ad at the beginning, everybody, I implore you, and then follow the directions and do what I say during the advertisement. Yeah, and if uh, Fandango do have this... I don't know. We don't do Fandango in the UK. No. Um, but uh, regardless... We've, got, we've gone into an advertising cul-de-sac, haven't we? Yes. Regardless, I Damn implore it. you to, to, to purchase whatever I suggest you purchase at the beginning of this podcast. Uh, yeah. All right. So that's the episode for this week. That's a good plug, right? Uh, head on over to cinemageekly.com check out the archives of the show and of course you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Stitcher and Spotify just search for Who Made Who hit subscribe uh, that way you can hear us come back next time and talk about more Doctor Who the series 12 finale episode 10 it is called The Timeless Children 